of Sean and Ed's Do Baseball. I'm Sean. And I'm Ed's. And we are a baseball history podcast. That's right, we're a bi-weekly baseball history podcast where the story catcher doesn't know what the story pitcher is on the mound throwing them. That's right. Crossing them up. Cross up city over here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we tell you stories or each other's stories from baseball history. And you. Yeah. I guess everybody. Mm-hmm. Really. Um, I hope it's not just us. I hope it's not just <laughs> us, yeah. Well, if if you, there is someone out there, uh, you can definitely give us a follow on Twitter at Doing Baseball. I'm at Sean Do Baseball. And I'm at Ed's Do Baseball. We're also on Instagram at? Uh, at Doing, doing dot baseball. baseball. And, inst- and, sorry, and TikTok at Doing Baseball, respectively. <laughs> That's right. And wherever you're listening to us, however you're listening to us, First of all, thank you. Second of all, uh, please give us a review. Click that follow button, uh, like, whatever you can do uh, to spread the word of uh, our fun times telling baseball history stories. Yes, and of course, thanks for listening. Of course. And we also have a sponsor uh, for uh, Sean Ned's Do Baseball, and that sponsor is Two Loons Brewing. Mm. Ah. Beer, Itty. It's a delicious IPA, Sean. It is a delicious IPA. And they got so much more uh, coming on tap, if you'll excuse the pun, Edzy. Uh, literally, they'll have lots of new stuff coming. You can find some of their stuff on tap around the greater Toronto area and also in your local LCBO. Uh, please, please uh, check them out at twoloonsbrewing.com. And as always, be of legal drinking age and please enjoy responsibly. All right. All right, I'm ready. We're ready. ready to receive a story. All right. Well, here's the thing. Uh, we, we always make the joke that we're going to cross each other up and, and not know exactly the story. But I think you're going to know at least some of this story. I think most of our listeners are actually going to know some of this story. Okay, so it's a, what you're saying is it's a common story in baseball lore? You, well, there is a movie uh, made okay. about this story. Okay. Uh, a Disney movie, in fact. Disney movie. That's right. Hmm. This is the true story. My mind of Disney movies that this could be. Yes. Are you aware that in 1992, Edzie, real angels showed up in California <laughs> to help Roger? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> damn it. Oh, okay. That's not the movie. No, that's nah, not the damn. movie. That would have been great, though. Rinku Singh Rajput was born August 8th, 1988, in Gopan. <laughs> Gopanganj, uh, Uttar Pradesh in uh, of the province in Uttar, Uttar Pradesh in northern India. Okay, I know what movie you're talking about. I don't know this story though. I haven't seen this movie. Okay, you haven't seen this movie. I mm. have seen this movie, but I specifically did not rewatch it so I could give our listeners and you a uh, outsider's perspective, uh, not a Disney perspective on that okay, movie. Not a Disney-fied history. <laughs> yes, that's right. So, uh, Rinku Singh, uh, as he's known, uh, he has three sisters and four brothers. His father is uh, Brahmadin uh, Singh. Brahmadin Singh, he drove a truck and was able to provide his, for his large family, but they were still relatively poor, right? Okay. 
So they lived in a one-room house in, uh, as I said, in Uttar Pradesh's uh, Bendohi village. Uh, their home had electricity, but no running water. Uh, you know, rough, um, but not really out of the ordinary. And luckily for Rinku's family, you know, they were poor, but they weren't destitute. There was always food on the table. You know, it right. wasn't the most comfortable living situation. But okay. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, from what I, what limited knowledge I have of India is that, you know, it's, it's not uncommon to have r- no running water in your Well, in especially your home. 30 years ago, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, so they weren't destitute, uh, but Rinku made his way out of the one room house by playing sports, essentially. Okay. So as a kid, uh, just like a lot of Indian kids, he played cricket, but really wasn't his favorite sport. He just played it with his friends uh, because every kid did. As you do. Yeah. So yeah. Rinku instead excelled at track and field and more specifically javelin. Okay. So. I'm starting to see how the skills transfer. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool because he's uh, just, he's a really good javelin from a young age, from a teenager's age. Uh, you'll see he was quite obsessed with becoming an Olympian uh, at track and field and okay. uh, and that. So many questioned Singh's ability, even from a young age, as he was a beanpole. He was tall and skinny, uh, weighing just 150 pounds soaking wet. But he set out to prove the naysayers wrong. And I quote from Rinku Singh, When you have people doubting your skills and talent and questioning your ability to represent your country, you have the motivation to prove them and yourself wrong, which I I believe I did by becoming a track and field star. And he's not lying. He's a a track star. He's a Mm -hmm. really good... He was so good at javelin as a teenager that he medaled in a national competition. There's a billion people in India, so, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, you know, being top three. <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah, so he uh, earned a spot. Like of other teenagers? Yeah, like in, like his, in age his age class. group. Okay. In his age group. Okay. So he earns a spot, uh, as I say, he got out of essentially the one-room house by, by sport, so he earns a spot at the prestigious Guru Gobind Singh Sports College. So he gets a scholarship for his uh, track and field and javelin stuff. At this sports school. Yeah. Okay. Uh, So not only did he get an education, Eds, but uh, I find it dumb to taunt somebody whose only goal in life is to throw a sharp object extremely far and accurately. (laughs) Imagine me, you can't do that. (laughs) Walking away like, ah, shit. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't be taunting him, no. Yeah. Um... (laughs) Yeah, like, you could literally just, like, throw a stick from, like, 200 meters. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, this amazing primal skill. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if there's an apocalypse, he will, his family will not go hungry. Yeah, like, he will be the king. <laughs> yeah. So, um, in 2007, it looked as though uh, Rinku was headed off to represent India in Beijing the following year. Like, he was... Yeah, he was ranked mm-hmm. some of the highest at Javelin. Like, it looked mm-hmm. like it was a done deal. He yeah. was, like, really, y'all, he had just had to qualify. That was all that there was left to do. But Singh would put his Olympic dream on hold and put down the Javelin for a baseball. So, wow. Yeah. Interesting choice. Well, you'll get to why he makes that choice. So Singh told the, the Times of India, as a little boy growing up in a village in Uttar Pradesh, I had a dream to represent my nation in the Olympics. Back then, I was interested in javelin throw and track and field and qualified for an India camp. Unfortunately, things did not go ahead as planned. So, 
It's kind of interesting you use the word unfortunate. I was going to say, yeah. Yeah, because, uh, I mean, this is one of the few. When did he say that quote, though? Well, that was a good question. That was probably... Like, in hindsight, after everything? No, then it was that probably... Sense. Yeah, no, you're going you're gonna to hear probably around the time that he made that quote, and you'll find that this is one of the few Sean Ned stories that might have a happy ending. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so on the other side of the world... J.B. Bernstein was a marketer and sports agent in the USA. He had made his way into the sports marketing world uh, through working at Upper Deck and then becoming head of licensing for Major League Soccer from 1995 to 1997. Okay. From there, uh, Bernstein went on to create Axis Group of Miami, a sports agency that would go on to represent huge star athletes, including the likes of Emmett Smith and Barry Bonds. Hmm. So, it's pretty good clientele right there. Yeah, just those two. Yeah, exactly. So, mm-hmm. Bernstein is a hawk of an agent. Uh, he claims to have orchestrated Barry Bonds' departure from the MLB Players Association Group Licensing Program, which made Barry the first MLB player ever to successfully operate outside of their auspices. So, yeah, he was, he was outside. He he wasn't in the union, right? I guess I don't know specifically. At least didn't what... have to abide by their rules or something. <laughs> okay. mm-hmm. I'm doing all of this too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My client really loves just juicing guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anyways, and he hates tests. Then he hates tests <laughs> and being part of groups. <laughs> yeah. He's also rich and wants to keep it all. Anyways, I I digress. Yeah, we digress. Uh, uh, He also uh, self-described himself, and I'm talking uh, about Bernstein. He self-described himself as a bit selfish uh, and leading a bit of a bachelor lifestyle. So he was probably a piece of shit, right? Mm -hmm. But as we know... You don't all, you're not always a piece of shit. Yeah, people can change. People can change. So, you know, on his own... I'm worried that people think this guy can't change. <laughs> I think he's going to change. Okay. But let's hear what he has to say for himself first. All right. In, in his own words, and he's talking about himself, so there's no way that this is, first sentence is true. It's not that I was a terrible guy. I was just <laughs> someone who had a very myopic view. I was driven by business. The only thing I derived any pride fun from was success in business. That was a businessman. Doing business. Just just trying to do business. So he was a soulless, small-minded businessman. And over 10 years, he got super rich being a sports agent and a playboy and got to do all this fun stuff. But lo and behold, that doesn't fill the void in your heart. No. No. It doesn't. So he began feeling estranged and jaded from his job. And it also might be because Bernstein's best client, Barry Bonds, was indicted by a federal court (laughs) on an obstruction of justice charge and four counts of perjury right around this time, too. Well, he told him he hates tests. (laughs) (laughs) So... Okay, that's that's understandable. So just like any time your biggest client is facing federal charges... Bernstein starts looking for something new. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe to get out of the diversify country. diversify my portfolio here. <laughs> yeah, maybe he wants to get out of the country for a little bit, too. Um, so then an idea was pitched to him. I said pitched to him. <laughs> nice. Thank you. Uh, so real estate mogul <laughs> and part owner of the Giants, Will Chang, uh, the San Francisco Giants, uh, along with venture capitalist, Ash Vesudivan, Vesudivan, sorry, bud, uh, had the idea of traveling to Vesudivan's native India in search of an athlete who could pitch 100 miles an hour. 
Bernstein was reluctant, but as noted, was also very bored and probably wanted to get away from the spotlight a little bit and get unassociate himself with his previous clients. Mm -hmm. So he uh, knew the idea was crazy, but he did not think the idea was dumb. Okay. He's skeptical. Yeah. But he'd seen specifically Yao Ming. Uh, and as a sports agent, he wasn't just a baseball agent, right? Emmett Smith played football. He represented yeah. basketball stars, yeah. all this. Um, it's diversified portfolio. Yeah, he'd seen Yao Ming. And basketball's huge in China now, right? We had the Vince Carter effect here up in Canada, too, right? You get yeah. a star player from your country, and you get... The return's not even right away. I mean, it is, but mm-hmm. the return's also in a generation of people growing up in that country now playing that sport and buying your merchandise. Right. Um, so he's like, well, I think they have an idea here. And he's watching cricket one day, and he's just like, they, they do have an idea. Like, yeah, yeah, there's a billion people there. These guys are playing cricket, throwing the ball super hard. So why yeah, not? Surely we can turn one into a pitcher. So he was in. <clears throat> And he was excited about the idea, but how would they execute it, right? How could they do that? Well, apparently he flipped the channel, not like literally, but American Idol was on. It was the biggest TV show on at the time. This is 2006, 2007. Mm -hmm. Uh, What if instead of handing the contestant a mic, they handed the contestant a baseball? So he wants to have a reality show? Yeah. Interesting. Where they go to India... And they give you a baseball, and it, whoever throws it the hardest wins $100,000. Did they do the show? Oh, buddy. Oh, man, I got to see this show. I can't find it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, I can find clips of it. Yeah. But, like, very brief, like, news clips. Okay, well, tell it. me about the show so I can do my own research. Well, that reality show uh, became known as Million Dollar Arm. And I don't believe it was aired in the USA. Uh, okay. Yeah. It'd so, be like copyright issues now, Yeah, exactly. Probably. I'd have to change the name. But I believe it was in India. So the Million Dollar Arm Reality TV Contest awarded a prize of $100,000 plus a Major League Baseball tryout to the pitcher who could throw the most strikes over 85 miles an hour out of 20 total pitches. The winner could also take home $1 million if he could throw three consecutive strikes that were at least 90 miles an hour. Okay. So, million-dollar arm, but nobody's actually guaranteed a million dollars. No. The only guarantee is $100,000 U.S. if you can throw over 85 and throw at least, I guess, one out of 20 strikes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the person who throws the most consecutive strikes... Uh, we'll get the ten a hundred thousand, and the runner-up gets ten thousand, uh, and they both get a chance to uh, train in the U.S. and hopefully get signed to a major league team. It's a pretty good prize. Yeah, but it's kind of greasy being like million dollar arm, and they're like, oh, like really, like there's I don't know. It so I at first I was like where I couldn't really find anywhere them talking about like naming it million dollar arm, but really like being like eh, it's probably a hundred thousand dollars <laughs> is what we're gonna give out, and also like there's no guarantee. I'll get to it. I'll get to it. Okay. Um. So actually, I will get to it right now. So it's true. Um. But Mick LaSalle, who wrote uh, a movie review uh for the San Francisco Gate, described a little bit how it could be problematic to. All these people not quite understanding <laughs> the translation. So by the name, 
Uh, by the way, the name Million Dollar Arm does not refer to anyone's arm in particular, and no one gets a million dollars. Also note that getting signed to a major league organization is not the same as getting signed to a major league team. So, yes. There's, yeah. So yeah. they make it sound a little bit more grandiose than it is, but mm. I don't think they, they were too, uh, you know, underhanded. You win your foot in the door. Exactly. So a distinction, but though, they... that may not have been clear to everybody participating in Million Dollar Arms, and by the sounds of it, Singh didn't quite, he was like, I'm going to win a million bucks. Like, but I guess he could have, but anyways, we'll get to it. Yeah. Um, Bernstein and his team headed to India. And they were super, like, North American about everything. Uh, a lot of uh, the customs were different, and he had to navigate his way through a very different system than he was used to. And his, you know, power and being just, like, a rich sports agent didn't just get him everywhere. So, yeah. eventually, he found this fixer they named... Care. Yeah, they find this fixer named Waboff. In the movie, he's, like, some, like, guy that, like, is, like, a huge baseball fan that, like, lives in India and is... Anyways, I don't think he was. I think he was just a local... He was just a guy. Just a guy. And he... Without him, this would never have happened. So Waboff is the hero of this whole thing. Okay. And he gets mentioned twice here. <laughs> so he helps uh, JB uh, bribe, like, the right people and get everything set up. Uh, and, but still they had no idea if it was going to pay off for them as well. So they find their way. They navigate the bureaucracy who they have to bribe. He's like, we did the whole deal on like a handshake. And it was like a television. Uh, actually I have the quote right here. We did our deal for a 10 episode TV series on a handshake. He told the New York post. The idea was simple, get the word out, set up a number of pitching cages and film participants throw for a chance of winning money as well as travel to America to train uh, with former big league pitcher Tom House and sign a million dollar contract. Okay. Yeah. So I'm also sort of fishy. Yeah, but either way, it's it's all right and uh, people just hear money throwing shit. And 38,000 <laughs> contestants show up, Edzie. What? 38,000? Yeah, they're doing wow. it at a few different locations around India. Okay, but still, dude. And, and filming it all. So, you know, it's a big production. Yeah. But it 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 looks like, uh, essentially, like a, like what you'd see at the fairgrounds. Like, we're just, who can throw the fastest? Like, mm -hmm. just like a cage that... You just throw. Yeah. Uh, and there's a strike zone. So either way, uh, unfortunately, of the 38,000, some places say it was 40 plus thousand, uh, everyone was dog shit. <laughs> they had <laughs> never thrown a ball that way in their life. Um, really? Out of all 38,000, they were all dog shit. Yeah. And before they could even start, the entire film crew and everyone in JB's party gets arrested mm, for what for just being there just being for for not bribing the right people apparently exactly oh, so shit. as they set up in calcutta the police showed up and deemed their permit invalid they began arresting everyone jb at this point was shitting his pants but his fixer waboff hero once again was able to get him and jb freed to go get a military permit, which these police claimed that they needed. Okay. So everyone's arrested. There's a whole film crew, little crew setting up the 
cage and stuff like that. They're setting up. Oh my God, this is going to be so exciting. We're going to see for the first time. Everyone's arrested. JB and this guy <laughs> managed to get into a car, drive off to go to this military base now to try to get the right permit. And Waboff is like, yeah, let's go to the military base. And JB is like, no, I'm done. Like, drive He's me like, to the I airport. Quit. Drive I'm me to the airport. Here. I'm going to the airport. <laughs> like, no. Uh, and, like, I guess he wants to leave his whole film crew in jail. Yeah. <laughs> he is a piece of he's, shit. He's still a piece of shit <laughs> yeah. at this point. Okay. Um, but uh, Waboff convinces him, like, no, like, we need to go get, make sure these, our friends don't go to jail. Like, don't be a piece of shit. Yeah. Like, we need to go. Yeah. So they go to this military base, and it's like a Sunday morning, and, and they're able to secure this permit, and the colonel's pissed. Right, the colonel like that they talked to is like, why the fuck are they doing this to me on a Sunday morning? Sending you guys, yeah. like, you want some people to throw a ball in a park? At a, what's a base? A baseball? I don't care. Right? He's pissed at the police. Yeah, okay. yeah. So he chews out the police officers. Everyone's let go. Waboff is the hero. Nicely uh, done, Waboff. We never hear about him again. No, that's uh, too bad. <laughs> so Jack just can't believe JB's like, no, I'm done. I'm just going to the airport. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Never, Never mind. mind all that. <laughs> I'm just, I'm out. I was like, you just didn't understand how things work, right? Like, yeah. Um, so thank God for Waboff. So Rinku is 18 years old. He heard uh, of the competition through a coach and teacher at his school, but there was a, a, a conflict with his exams. So his coach, Jasvinder Singh Bhatia, encouraged him to take the risk and he jumped onto a train from Lucknow to Delhi, or New Delhi. Uh, So Singh uh, would say of that day, I still remember that day, not having any money in my wallet. He would also say, skipping the exams was a big risk, but what if I hadn't succeeded in baseball? Rinku had already achieved so much for himself, but that day, all he could think of was winning the million dollars so that he could build a home for his family and allow his father to retire. I mean, so he's putting everything on the line here. Like he's literally like, could qualify for the Olympics at this Indian camp after his exams. And, mm-hmm. he's, and he's just like, nah, I'm going to go try and win a million bucks in this <laughs> reality show. Exactly. Well, his teacher is like, do it, man. You got a great arm. <laughs> I don't know what baseball is. <laughs> <laughs> but um, A million bucks is better than javelin, bro. So when it was Rinku's turn to step up uh, to the crappy mound and set up on what looked like to be a slightly fancier version of what your local carnival guess your speed pitch game looks like, there was a strike zone and a target as well as a radar gun set up. TV cameras were all around, captured different angles and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Had spent most of the day just watching people like throw the ball into the ground at like 40. Yeah. <laughs> um, Rinku t- no, not a cricket throw, bud. No, exactly. <laughs> you have to stand still. <laughs> so here's a, here's a good part I want to emphasize. Rinku took the ball in his left hand and set up. He set up almost in a flamingo-like stance with his right leg slightly raised and his left arm uh, almost straight back. He held that position for almost half a minute and what seemed like an eternity to those looking on. Then he released and zip the ball into the strike zone. In the end, he would end up hitting 89 miles an hour. Oh, just shy. Yeah. But still. Yeah. 
it was the first time he'd ever picked up a baseball. Really? And he would go on to win the competition. Mm -hmm. So... It sounds like he's the only one that was any good. Well, interestingly enough, a fellow javeliner from his school, Dinesh Patel, would finish runner-up to him. I believe he was throwing like mid-80s, like 84, 85. Mm -hmm. So Rinku... Uh, so basically, Brinku wins a hundred thousand, and Dinesh Patel wins ten thousand, and they are both invited to California to train with Tom House at USC. Bob's your uncle. Yeah, Fanny's your aunt. So Rinku credits the javelin for his success, uh, and I quote: "The flamingo style came from javelin. In javelin, we have to stand on yoga position. So that's what I think really made me throw hard. So yeah, you just like I was." Okay, I, I don't know what yoga. I, I don't know is. what that really. I th- I thought you ran when you threw a javelin. Yeah, I guess, but like maybe some of their training, they like do it from like a okay. still position. Okay, so like they kind of already knew a wind up. Yeah. compared to how these other people were throwing, I guess. Yeah. So uh, Bernstein, as he was in India, but he wasn't at. Uh, I, I don't think he was actually at Singh's tryout. So here's him describing uh, what he saw uh, to Sports Illustrated. I saw a video. Uh, I saw video of Rinku, and it looked like he was stuck because he's just standing there with one leg in the air, and with the ball cocked. Then he lets this thing go, and it's 87 miles an hour. I said, "No way! That gun has to be broken, or a car drove by, <laughs> <laughs> or a car drove by." <laughs> So he's very <laughs> unconventional, but he's throwing, you know, 86, 87, yeah. 88, even topping out at 89 that day. Um, so, yeah, they win. So Bernstein had gone looking for cricket pitchers and ends up taking two javeliners home. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, hmm. Singh could not believe it. He said it felt absolutely surreal when he actually received the check for 100000 U.S. dollars. Uh, for throwing a baseball, <laughs> it it probably would. You'd never heard of a sport before in yeah, your no, life. No, like imagine someone not telling you about soccer for your whole life, and then someone was like, "If you can kick this ball really far, I'll give you a hundred thousand dollars." And then I just do it somehow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so that would be surreal. Yeah, he said it like he didn't believe that they were going to give him the money. And it was like it's an un- un- unconscionable amount of money too, right? Like his dad probably made $100,000 in his whole life up until that point maybe. Yeah. Like maybe. Yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah, so it's a lot of money. Um but it was just the start for Singh. Him and Patel uh were now off to California uh, to train uh with former big league pitcher Tom House. Uh, played aptly by Bill Paxton in the film, by the way. Uh, yeah, still, Singh's family, other, <laughs> yeah, Singh's family, other than one badass brother, apparently, were against Singh doing what he had done. Uh, like, they were like, yeah, no, you're not dropping out of school. Go and back going to, to Javelin. Yeah. Go back to college. <laughs> what are you doing? So, uh, Singh... I mean, they make a fair argument. Yeah. Singh said, except my older brother, who's a black cat commando in the Indian Army, all the family were against my going to America. <laughs> he was like, yeah, play baseball, man. Don't join the military. <laughs> <laughs> so... Against his family's wishes, uh, Rinku leaves uh, for the United States. Uh, Dinesh and Rinku trained for six months with House at USC, where he was also, uh, where House was also pitching coach at, at USC. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were very, 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 very raw. 
when given gloves, as you'd imagine. Yeah, when okay. given gloves, um, they tried to use them to like as padding to like knock the ball down. Oh yeah, <laughs> and pick it up okay. instead of uh, catch it. So that was a first Interesting. step. Uh, they lived in a rented house a few blocks back uh, from, or a few blocks away from USC. I think in the movie, it's like they live with the JB, and they're like, "Oh, we're a family," and they learn a bunch of stuff. But they, they anyways, they live <laughs> in a in a little apartment close to USC. As I say, Disneyfied history. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with both uh, coming from rural India, uh, they, they went through quite a culture shock uh, living in LA. I uh, yeah, I could imagine. Uh, I quote: "Learning about the culture was really hard," said Rinku. That was the biggest shock. As an example, walking down the street, seeing a bunch of girls and a bunch of guys holding hands and kissing each other, which back home is not usually happening. For me, it was like I was on a totally different planet. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Makes sense. Um, so they're pretty it isolated. It makes sense why, like, JBE went over there and didn't understand anything as well. Well, that's the kind of fun part of the movie. It's like fish out of water, but the first part of the movie's like, he's a, he's in India, and he's like a white guy. And then the second part of the movie's like, they're Indians, and they're in America. Okay. Anyways, it's, it's yeah. So um, they're pretty isolated, but they too, they, they, just, they just train. They're like, like, we came here to train. So mm-hmm. that's all they do. Uh, they learn everything they can about baseball. They just watch MLB Base Network constantly train at the field. Tom House would work his magic as good as he could on the two pitching prospects while JB did his thing building up the hype and setting up a tryout for as many pro scouts as he could find. Both pitchers improved over the six months with Singh and Patel consistently throwing in the high 80s to low 90s Excuse me, by the end of their training with Tom House. That's pretty good. Yeah. So they've added a few ticks and probably, you know, actually have mechanics and stuff now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Something he, to go off rather than just their yo- javelin yoga pose. Yeah. <laughs> so a, you can still see it a little bit if you watch uh, YouTube videos of, of Rinku Singh pitching, uh, as you'll hear about a little bit. But mm-hmm. yeah, you can. he still gets that like kind of like pose like that with like the arm straight back. Uh, okay. Like he could be winding up to throw a javelin. Anyway, so the first tryout uh, would be, just as portrayed in the movie, an absolute fucking disaster. <laughs> so Rinku is is cutting some pork, and he, he cuts his finger. Uh, and it's, it's a pretty deep cut. It's not bad enough, but it's, like, not good either, right? So JB loses his shit, and he cusses him out, and he's screaming, like, you fucked us up, you fucking... You know, fucking fly you across the world, mm-hmm. give you a chance, you fucking cut your eye. Mm-hmm. So, like, he traumatizes Rinku completely, <laughs> apparently causing Singh to switch to only plastic cutlery for about three months. <laughs> All right. Un- un- understandable. Yes. What an asshole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, the second part reason why the tr- first tryout was so bad uh, was it was held in a weird little strip mall parking lot in Tempe, Arizona. Uh, with an artificial mound that neither of the men had got to throw on before that day. Why? I don't. Why, why didn't did they, they come to this? USC? Yeah. Like, like, why? None of that makes sense. Yeah, it doesn't. They, they drive them from their house, you know, six hours to Tempe, and then they're like, we'll throw in this parking lot. They didn't have any fucking ball diamonds in Tempe, <laughs> Arizona, apparently. Apparently. Um, so that Rinku, makes no sense. Yeah, yeah. And they, they, so Rinku explains in his own words, the mistake was just something that we were not used to. We always pitched since day one until tryout. We always trained at USC. 
Then all of a sudden we get there a different go. mound. So it was different. JB's fault. It wasn't JB's fault or anybody's fault. We just weren't used to that mound. So we got killed the first time. So he's not lying. Their velo's down like mid low 80s and and they're not hitting the strike zone so every major league scout there is like what the fuck are we doing Mm -hmm. you know and wasting our time again yeah so they all walk away and and it's a bit of a joke like you know in the industry that's so dumb yeah like what's jb think he gets so mad about him like cutting his finger and like losing his investment and then he just like lets them throw off this yeah, shitty mound in a parking lot. Yeah, no, he definitely, definitely he is, is a culpable. piece of shit. Though. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. But there is a reason Ed Z why Disney bought the rights to this story. Uh, theirs is actually quite a happy ending, as Singh quotes, uh, as the quote continued. Uh, then we got a second chance, and we had familiarity with the mound where we used to train, and we got signed. Oh well, that's good. And which organization took the leap of faith? Do you remember? Mm, I want to say Brewers. No? No, you're close. Same division. Uh, Okay. uh, November 2008, after a second much better showcase uh, in California this time, uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates signed the two Indian pitching prospects. Okay. Edzie, did they sign for a million dollars? No, they did not. (laughs) How much do you think they signed Uh, for? League minimum. No, not no. This is their signing oh, bonus. This is their signing They're bonus. getting paid minor league contract money back in like two thousand eight. Okay, so okay, peanuts. But what was their signing bonus? Eighty thousand. You're about ten times wrong. Eight thousand dollars between the two of them. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. What's JB's cut there? Like five hundred bucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Um. So. <laughs> But they're signed. They're signed to a major league organization. You never know what can happen. Uh, yeah. And the signings brought on some criticism uh, with some people in the industry calling it a stunt. Hence, like, a lot of people had seen them pitch and they were garbage and maybe mm-hmm. they didn't go to the second tryout and, you know, so they didn't see them have the good tryout. So they're like, yeah. what the fuck are they doing? Yeah. Um, so Neil Huntington, uh, the Pirates GM at the time, said, to be honest, it was not well received. <laughs> 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 when what year was this again 2008. 2008 so it would be going into the 2009 like season the pirates weren't very good no they were the, they, were they, they had a little then? spell where they like managed to get a wild card or two back then traded us bautista at this yeah. point no okay maybe that was a couple years later when yeah. they had martin okay yeah. i could be mixing up yeah. my pirates history. this is like five years before Sorry, the martin years. Yeah, yeah yeah you're right yeah. you're right yeah. um so um where am I here? So, but the pirates, uh, it wasn't like the pirates, uh, first foray into unusual areas of the international market. Uh, the pirates actually had a few international players from like Australia and stuff. And they also had gift in Gyope, uh, mm-hmm. from, uh, South Africa as well. So yep. we remember, we remember gift. Um, so he's in their system at the time too. So you can kind of see, it's kind of a strategy in their system at the time, which might, as we know, 15 years later <laughs> did not work <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah. Um, but Pirates well, like you say, they had a little run there for a couple of years, like five yeah. years after this, but yeah. anyhow, I digress. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Pirates assistant general manager, Kyle Stark, uh, said to ESPN, conveying pretty much the exact reason why this all happened in the first place, uh, and I quote, the reality is you're hoping somebody hits and creates a generation of kids who will grow up playing baseball. So you might be looking 10 years down the road. 
If you can get a nation of a billion people interested in a sport and kids start growing up in it, it increases the potential to find more players. So that's true. I mean, we see it like we saw it with the Blue Jays when they did the Dominican, like all the Dominican stuff back in the 80s. And all of a sudden, like, you know, we we screwed up after a little while, but like everyone from that country (laughs) wanted to be Tony Fernandez. Everyone from that country wanted to to George Bell and like they all wanted to be a Blue Jay. They all had Blue Jays stuff, you know? So uh, with Encarnacion and Bautista, like, I mean, now at that point, but you know what I mean? There, there is Ichiro, you know, how many Mariners fans are in Japan still, Mm -hmm. you know? Uh, You know, so that's what they're trying to do. Um, But he's a hundred percent right. But also the sheer wildness of the situation and reasoning for some of the people to critique uh, was magnified slightly later in the interview. So I continue from later in the interview from Stark, the assistant GM. That being said, there were a lot of entertaining moments. They had never faced hitters. So the first time the ball came flying back at them, it was a little bit of a rude awakening. <laughs> yeah, I guess it would be. Yeah, because they, like, they were just... They just pitched bullpens the whole time, right? Yeah. And he continues, just think about what kids go through with first time they play T-balls. These guys were going through it as 20-year-olds at a professional level. <laughs> yeah, that'd be, um, be so, horrifying. So, yeah. A laser hit I back think, to you. I think the criticism is valid to be like, you're, what? You're teaching these guys baseball at a professional level? In professional, like it doesn't, anyways. Yeah, you're it, just trying to literally throw them into the fire. Yeah. But at the same point, if one of them hits, you have a billion dollar player. True. Yeah. So remember in the early 2008s, remember in early 2008, neither one of these dudes had even held a baseball. But in 2009, they both made their pro debut in the Gulf Coast League. On July 4th, 2009, Singh became the first Indian citizen to appear in a professional baseball game in the U.S. He pitched the seventh inning, while Dinesh Patel pitched the eighth. Singh would pitch 12 and one-third innings pitched, while striking out eight and allowing eight earned runs. Uh, Patel uh, did better. He posted a 1.2 ERA in six relief appearances that year, and was now topping out at 92. Well, I think, no, Singh was topping out at 92, but Patel did better stat-wise. Whatever, yeah, he pitched 12 yeah. innings. Who cares? That's pretty good, though. Yeah. Um, the next good year... appearances for Patel. Yeah, yeah. So the next year, uh, Singh stay, uh, stayed mainly in the golf league and even went uh, to play in the Australian Winter League, where he'd play a few times. Uh, he did not do well in the Australian Winter League. He walked 21 batters in 16 innings. So oh. not, not good. Yeah, uh, not so good. And he's like, you know, he's really, he's never going to be a starter. He's like really, if he's going to get to the majors, he's going to be a bullpen lefty. Yeah. So you don't want your bullpen lefty walking more guys than innings pitch. So No, absolutely not. Um, that was unfortunate. And another unfortunate thing is Dinesh Patel uh, would wash out of the pirate system uh, by the end of 2010. So That's too bad. Yeah, he was throwing like 87, 88, and he's a right-hander where Singh's a lefty. So Singh's throwing 92, and he's a lefty. He's a little bit more projectable. So yeah. uh, they cut the cord with Patel, but uh, Singh's a lefty. He throws harder, so he sticks around. Uh, despite the rough trip down under to Australia, uh, Singh advanced in the pirate system in 2011, playing uh, for a few teams and posting a 3.18 ERA in 12 games and 17 innings pitched at a ball. So they're really easing him okay. in. Yeah. Um, but he's doing better. He goes back to the Australian league, 
does he shouldn't go to Australia. He keeps getting shelled in Australia. <laughs> uh, but the next year... Find him another winter league, for God's sake. Yeah. The next year uh, would be the best of Singh's baseball career, or pretty much any, well, I guess, anybody born in India. He posts a tidy three ERA over 72 innings in high A Sally League, pitching for the West Virginia Power. At 23 years old, it looked like Rinku Singh might be a year and a half to two years away from making his pro debut or MLB debut. Hmm. Nice. Good for him. But as fate would have it, injuries sidelined everything. Right. He was hit with a javelin. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I was going to finish this sentence. His career's taken off and his career's shit. <laughs> Everything goes to shit. He gets uh, Tommy John, uh, oh, 20, no. 2013. He, he says to ESPN, I'm still thinking positive. Uh, the injury and being hurt are part of life. It's just part of the journey. But things did not get better for Singh on the ball field. His arm injuries never fully got better. Singh was out for all of 2013, then all of 2014 due to a broken elbow, and he would miss all of 2015 as well. So, in the end, Shit. he would only throw one more inning in pro baseball for the Pirates, uh, and that would be where the Gulf Coast League uh, in uh, 2016 at the age of 27. Hmm. So, lasted longer than I thought. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, we're not quite done here, Edzy. I got a, I got some for you. Um, but I'll, I'll sum up his career pretty, like, it was a pretty spectacular career, considering that he'd never played baseball before. Yeah. Um, so Rinku had gone around the world to play a sport he had never heard of and performed at some of the highest levels of play in the world. At this point, it was clear he would not be the first Indian-born big leaguer. Singh ended his minor league career with a 2.97 ERA and 148 and a third innings pitched with a 1.25 whip. Well, good. I mean, yeah, those are pretty respectable numbers, to be honest. Never played the whip's baseball. Whip's a little high, but no, like, no. I mean, I mean, it's it's high, but it's yeah. like not not. It's not terrible. It's not terrible. Um, Adam Simber's worse right now. <laughs> probably. Uh, <laughs> Singh had done all he could, but his arm could not sustain the damage pitching had done to it. From Sports Illustrated, it was late on a sun summer night in Chicago in 2016, but in his hotel room on the Magnificent Mile, Rinku Singh couldn't sleep. It had been seven years since Singh had come to the United States on the qu Quixotic Quest, uh, but on his Quixotic Quest, but after several seasons of grinding in the minor leagues, his baseball career looked finished. Arm injuries had stymied and exhausted him, and after one appearance in July, he had decided to step away from the game. It was time to find a new path. But what would it be? Eds? Javelin? No, his arms hurt. Can't be Javelin. Movie star? Bollywood movie star. No. No. Which guy? I'll get to it. Okay. <laughs> Motherfucking wrestling. <laughs> Amazing. I'm amazed. 
After deciding to step aside from baseball, Singh had gotten some offers to start training as a football player or even for the UFC. He was much bigger now. He's bulked up, right? He was a string bean. Now he's added a lot of weight. Uh, He's like 6'4", something. Uh, But he did not take either offer up. He just... Just was like, no, I, I don't, I don't want to play football, or like, I don't know, Smart I don't choice. fight. But here's one thing that Singh really loved doing. He loved to volunteer. Okay, that's and, nice. And because of that, he had heard a lot about John Cena, and <laughs> okay. was and his like Make a Wish Foundation yeah. stuff. Yeah, so it's he's a hero. Nice. He's okay. nice. you know this professional athlete. His hero is John Cena, not because he knows anything about wrestling, <laughs> yeah. but because he knows John Cena is this amazing person with charity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he tr- really like is like always doing charity stuff if he's not training. So he uh, calls his agent and he asks, he's like, hey, I don't want to do UFC, but what do you know about WWE? Mm-hmm. And his his agent's like, I I can make some calls. I don't know anything, but... uh, And just like his agent, Singh had no idea and had never wrestled before. Yeah. Ever. That's not a a prerequisite. (laughs) Yeah. As far as I know. Yeah. But as we know, uh, as I had said, he's much bigger now, and he was very willing to train hard and learn how to wrestle. Two years later... In 2018, Rinku Singh was speaking to John Taylor uh, of Sports Illustrated at the uh, WWE Performance Center in Orlando, Florida. Well, here I am. I conquered the track and field. I conquered baseball. Now here I am, sitting in the WWE Performance Center, going after my dream. Singh. <laughs> my, my dream. My third I, dream. Yeah, my dream since <laughs> I had last <laughs> Well, it was two years later, so, you know. <laughs> two years, whatever. <laughs> so Singh no longer... It's my 24-month-long dream. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. He just wants to volunteer with John Cena. <laughs> uh, Singh's got to become a wrestler first. <laughs> I don't know. So Singh is no longer the string bean, as I talked about. He's now built uh, like a brick shithouse. He's 6'4", 255. He's got thick, long black hair and impressive beard down to his chest. And you, Edzy, might better know him as Veer Mahan. I, I don't know that guy. Okay, well, he's, he's a wrestler. Um, right. So in March 2020, he made his NXT debut. Uh, and nowadays, he's in the big leagues of wrestling, appearing on Monday Night Raw or whatever the big shows are and WrestleMania and all of that Okay, stuff. I recognize this guy. See, I knew you would. I recognize him. I, I wanted to have our buddy Matt Marchese on for this episode, and mm-hmm. he wasn't available, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And he, he would know. He did. He did. I, I was like, I was like, Veer Mahan, man. And he was like, that dude played baseball? And then like 10 minutes later, he's like, wait, he was the million dollar arm guy. And I'm like, yeah, okay, you know that. I'm <laughs> that's like, amazing. Yeah. That's, incre- Maybe that's an incredible fact. Yeah, exactly. Maddie, <laughs> Maddie. I'm glad we didn't have Matt on because he would ruin the whole thing. <laughs> we love you, Matt. Uh, absolutely. Great work. <laughs> Great work. Listen to Jeff Merrick show. <laughs> um, remember, uh, yeah, this is, this is the summary. This is the happy ending. He's a wrestler now. And remember when Rinku made the choice that day to skip exams, to throw a ball. Uh, he said all he wanted to do was help his family and his father. Well, he achieved that goal. He told the Indian Express... Uh, that his father no longer drives a truck to earn a living, 
and said, now my family only supervises the farming on our, uh, of the four or five big haws of land that we have at Halper. A new American-style seven-room home is being constructed some 60 meters away from our home from the money which I have earned. I also help in the training of my elder brother, Rajan Singh, who is an international-level athlete. So, no more one-room home, no more truck driving. It's amazing. Yeah, he did all because he chose to skip exams (laughs) and go throw a baseball. Listen, kids. (laughs) Now I'm like, why did he say unfortunately? Weird. I don't, I don't, he's like, I really wish I'd. I was really because of that quote. Like, that seemed like foreshadowing to the fact that it was all going to go downhill. (laughs) This is an incredible ending. Yeah. I love it. Well, uh, I, I will say, what happened to Dinesh? Right? What happened to the second place That's guy? That's true. What yeah. did happen? Uh, so according uh, to uh, The Athletic, uh, which did a uh, nice follow-up article on both these guys, uh, Dinesh Patel, after signing with the Pirates in November 2008, uh, his career got off to a good start, as I meant, and then he went and posted a 1.42 ERA, six relief appearances, yada, yada, yada. Um Excuse me. He struggled the next season and was released in November 2010. He returned to the village uh, to the village in Varanasi, where he grew up, uh, where he farms with his brother and parents. Uh, Patel posted a one and zero record with a 5.27 ERA in 13 and two thirds professional innings. Um, Patel told ESPN. Million Dollar Arm changed my life a lot. It solved my financial problems, I learned English, and I got to learn baseball. And it changed my personality. Patel is married, has two children, a four-year-old named Dapika and a one-year-old named Yumesh. Uh, just like in the movie, he refers to J.B. Bernstein as J.B. Sir. And okay. to finish it all off, Edzie, my favorite quote from Rinku Singh is... Just, it's like the most clear, like, I don't know. He's like, I'm the type of person, even though I know that I don't know how to do things, I would never say no. I would just try my best until I get it. Well, that's very Forrest Gump of him. Yeah. And he did. <laughs> like, he literally, like, Olympic level javelin nerd. That's amazing. He's professional he's like baseball, just... WWE wrestler. Yeah. And two of those things he just decided on a whim to do. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, got extremely lucky, but quite obviously that like, you know, more than half of luck is really hard work. So Well, there yeah. was actually a really funny uh, uh, story from, I think it was from the Sports Illustrated uh, article I was reading on this, um, where, you know, they, they were talking like he was in the training for WWE and he just wasn't getting it i forget what it was like a drop or something like that where you hit the mat and like you i don't know you have to do yeah a bump couldn't take a bump he couldn't take a bump so he's he's said he went back to his hotel room and you know there's a lot of guys at these training facilities and you got to stand out so he said he worked all night like put pillows down and was just like Mm -hmm. and the the hotel was like calling his room like what the fuck's going on in your room like i'm bumping i'm bumping And then he walks in the next day, and I forget who the professional wrestler was, and he just, like, goes up to the guy and just, perfect bump. Yeah. And the guy's like, what? Like, you couldn't do that when you left yesterday. Yeah. And he's just like, yeah, fucking, I tried. I got kicked out of three hotels last (laughs) night, but I mastered the bump. I don't have a place to stay, but I did it. Yeah. (laughs) 
Can I go to sleep yeah. now? You're, you don't have a place to stay? Oh, you're born to be a wrestler. <laughs> Come on, join the club. I got a 1998 Chevy Impala with your name on yeah. it, bud. Yeah. <laughs> to some extent, Ricky from Trailer Park Boys is a professional wrestler. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't <laughs> doubt it if, if that indeed was. But, yeah, that was the story of uh, Rinku Singh and uh, I guess a that, little bit of Million Dollar Arm. That's but... an amazing story, Sean. I can't believe the twist that came at the end. I can't believe and, you didn't know. I didn't. I had no idea. And I, I love that story. I have the nice little twist there at the end that, like, you know, included two yeah. of my favorite well, one quote-unquote sports. <laughs> but. It's, it's pretty good. Yeah. And, yeah, no, and uh, you should, uh, and all our listeners should listen to the Behind the Bastards on Vince McMahon <laughs> as yes, well. Yes, I'm sure that's yeah. very Oh, dirty. it's pretty good. Um, no, I told you there was a wrestling one coming, and I, I, would, uh, I was really that. hoping that you didn't know that, that twist at the end. No, I had no idea about either of those stories. So thank you so much for telling them. Yeah, well, now uh, you don't have to watch the movie. You heard it here. No, I don't. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much. Uh, until next time, uh, please make sure you give us a review, give us a follow, give us a like, a rating, whatever you want to do. Please, anything will help us out. Uh, follow us on base- on baseball. Follow us on Twitter at Doing Baseball. Mm-hmm. Eds. And I'm at Eds Do Baseball. I'm at Sean Do Baseball. And uh, on Instagram at doing.baseball and TikTok at doing baseball respectively. And of course, thanks for listening. Yep. Two Loons Brewing. Check them out. Uh, Enjoy responsibly and be of legal drinking age. Saber, uh, if you if you can, uh, we're, we're still encouraging our listeners to donate to Saber's research fund or whatever it is. Uh, check it out. Um, but yeah, till next time, I'm Sean. And I'm Eds. And we were doing the baseball. Okay, bye. Okay, we're running another test. We're running another test. We're test number two. Turning me up now. We've turned me up. Turn me loose. Oh, baby. Turn <laughs> me loose. <laughs> turn, turning Sean loose. He's a, he's a big Lover Boy fan. <laughs> turn me loose. <laughs> he's a big fan of the cassette the era. Cassette era heavy metal. Oh, fuck yeah, man. <laughs> Okay, let's run an actual test now. We're doing a test with my mic on. Yeah. We're doing it with my mic on. <laughs> Your mic is It's on. on. You are turned loose. We are turned me loose. <laughs> oh, baby, <laughs> turn me loose. I don't know the I'm trying to think, words. what is... How do you start that I song? I don't know. I was born to run. I was born to dream. The craziest boy you'd ever seen. I gotta do it my way. Yes, that's it. <laughs>
Oh, no way at all. 